how did you get started in the podcast space? Um, what made you interested in it? Uh, it was, I did have an underlying interest in, um, you know, broadcasting or radio. Um, and it was something I, I did toy around with the idea of even going to school for, um, probably like sports broadcasting. Uh, but thinking, oh, it'd be cool to have a gig in radio, you know, talking on the air all the time, same kind of thing, a bit of entertainment, a bit of, uh, you know, um, a bit of music involved there. Right. And, um, and then I was listening to podcasts. I don't know what made me start listening to podcasts, but I started listening at the gym. Um, and it was Joe Rogan, like everyone else, I think their introduction to podcasts. Uh, so I was listening to his and, and, um, kind of, you know, as I said, having this bit of an interest in radio and, and then, um, having the equipment already from, from the music side of things, it was, it was kind of easy for me to just try it. And I thought, um, okay, give it a shot. I don't know if there was, you know, there was obviously a bit of planning in there, but it was something that I think I probably was on my mind for a couple of months. And then I was like, well, okay, I've got the equipment. Let's just try it. And, you know, I did start with video at first on mine too. And, um, but again, the family, family life gets pretty busy. So editing the video and that, I kind of dropped that off pretty quick. And, but that was kind of the start. Joe Rogan listened to it and I thought, that's cool. I like, I like talking to people and, um, and, uh, see what, see what comes out. Yeah. Just kind of started and tried it. Yeah. Okay. So how did you go about choosing and selecting guests? Cause that's always something that interests me. And I think it's always interesting to see what pulls you at certain people. So what was that kind of first year like in terms of selecting guests, reaching out to them, inviting them on? I had a pretty broad group of friends, you know, um, acquaintances because of my gigs and playing at different public events and, and, you know, uh, some big fundraisers and meeting a lot of people and then them coming out to the pub to see me. So I, I have a very broad group of acquaintances, I would say. And, and so I was just trying to think, you know, okay, who would be cool to, to talk to from there? And then also at the beginning, it was a lot of, you know, really close friends of mine who I knew had a bit of a story that we might be able to talk about in certain things. Um, and, uh, so I was pulling from my, my friend group, you know, mostly direct, uh, degree of separation. Oh, that'd be the first degree. No. <laughs> um, and then, but one of the interesting was I saw this guy speak at an event that I was playing music at. And, um, so I had never met him before. This was kind of my first like random guest and heard him speak and just got his business card or just remembered his name, looked him up on, on Facebook or whatever, and sent him a message and said, Hey man, I was really interested in what you're talking about. And, you know, will you come on my podcast? And, and he replied with this big professional thing, you know, like kind of like yours that you have, which I really commend you on, you know, your letterhead with all the questions and your invitation. And so he had it all planned out because obviously he's probably been on a thousand podcasts already, but, um, but he said yes to me and I was like, okay, this is cool. Yeah. Like, uh, and so I had a great chat with him and, um, yeah, it was pretty, the guests were a bit random for sure. Like that, just like a Joe Rogan, right. Where it's, um, and, and even yours, you know, it's, yeah. it's people from all different walks of life that I just thought either had something important to share or, um, or just a, a story themselves that they might want to talk about and talk out almost, you know? Yeah, no, I think that that's so valuable. And I, I love seeing individuals like yourself in, in the space because, um, 
it helps me learn. Um, like, as I said, with Karen Bondar and Lucas Simpson, I was able to listen to yours and go, how do I develop questions based on what I've heard? And how do I make sure that I'm not asking the same question twice? How do I make sure I take advantage of the fact that you have a podcast and you've interviewed those people and you've kind of uh, shared how they approached conversations so that I can go into it more prepared, have a better understanding on how to move forward. And I always appreciate that because it's like to me, podcasts are great because they're not competitive with each other. Like um, I learned something from your interviews and Tim McAlpine, when he interviewed Brian Minter, I listened to that and went, okay, like Brian kind of made a, a comment. He's like, yeah, I never get to really like talk about my wife fully, even though she's been behind this business, she supported it from the beginning and she means the world to me and she never gets the spotlight. And I was like, okay, well with this episode, like, let's just talk about your partner. Let's talk about your journey together. And so I think for like the first hour, we like just talked about his wife, how they started the business together, their journey together. So I could fill that gap that it sounded like like he kind of felt like uh, was missing because when you meet Brian, most people go to the gardening, they go to the business yeah. side of things and they don't go where perhaps he wants to take the conversation. And so I think that the the medium is so valuable in order for us to have the interesting conversations and for um, your journey, it was so cool to see that you you took the more honest approach. Like I saw some of your uh, your episodes were more personal to you, where they, it just sounded like it was just you, and it was you just kind of laying out what was going on in your life um, or what you were going through or uh, talking more personally. And I think that that's so valuable when I think that's missing on social media. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, uh, on that topic of just kind of being vulnerable, as you said, you know, is something that you really push for on your show. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's just, I feel like that's what the world needs now <laughs> is vulnerability yeah. um, and honesty more so, you know, at, at all levels, you know, <laughs> especially, you know, starting at the top with our governments and stuff. And I think there has to be this change in people just being more open and honest, um, whether you're right or wrong, you know, and then finding that common ground and we're helping people through what they're going through and, and allowing people to have all the correct information, um, you know, even just about yourself so that you know exactly who I am and, you know, what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. And then, you know, we can have more honest, vulnerable conversations if, and sometimes it just takes one person opening up to make someone else feel okay opening up, you know, and, and the honesty thing is it's, yeah, it can't be understated. Right. And, and if, if someone's going to, judge you for being honest, then it probably speaks more about them than what maybe you did wrong. If you made a mistake somewhere, right. Then yeah. not a big deal. You know, everybody makes mistake again with the cliches, but, uh, you know, you have to be okay hearing other people's mistakes. Um, and, and you have to be okay showing your mistakes and being honest and, and working together to find out how to help each of you and, and how to help certain situations and just um, kind of take better care of each other and be better friends and and uh, be better politicians. And, you know, it, it works on all levels for sure. I think that that's one that I really hope takes hold because you're starting to see that um, certain podcasts are bigger than news media. And that gives me hope that our politicians um, will consider utilizing these platforms, uh, have more honest, open form dialogues where there's a video 
you can see me, you can see Andrew, you can decide whether you're, whether or not we're being genuine based on all the information, how our voice sounds, how we look, how we're describing things. You have like all the data you can have uh, without actually being in the room with the person that you need to make an informed decision. Whereas with like a social media post, you can say whatever you want. You can make it sound as good as you want and it can be the least genuine thing you write. And I think that hopefully politicians and leaders will say, I'm I'm good for an open conversation. I'm open for a long form analysis. Like I've interviewed Jason Lum, uh, Sue Not. These are individuals who are politicians, but they're also just people in our community. They're not people in high levels of government where you never hear from them um, and they're distant from their community. These are people right here that are willing to share their story, where they grew up, where they lived, what they've been through, and situate you on who they are. And I think that hopefully that's what the direction we go in because short form debates where you have like an hour debate and everybody's interrupting each other and arguing, this is not how you want people to lead your community. This is not the best case scenario on how they're going to handle problems. And, and when do you ever see someone actually like win a debate and the other person changes their mind? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't happen yeah. just because this person won the debate doesn't mean this person changes his mind. Yeah. So there, there's not really any, you know, they're not working together. They're Middle working, ground. They're working against each other. Yeah. 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 I'm very hopeful because I find this space so interesting to learn from how other people interview, how other people uh, choose to like lead the conversation. What has that experience been like for you? Because I know in the back of my mind, I'm always running like, what's the next question going to be? How do I guide this, this direction? Or what is like, where do I want to take this? How long do I want to pull this for what has that process been like for you? Are you able to be more in the moment than I guess maybe I, I am? Uh, I, I think um, to a fault, <laughs> I'm able to be more in the moment and, and go with a bit more of a flow. But but then, oh, yeah, I, I'm then I'm lost. I'm like, wait, what were we talking about? And that was a skill I, I definitely worked on um, was kind of, you know, keeping that structure, but allowing the fluidity, like because you'll go off on a 15 minute tangent but then you still want to be able to tie it back to the question you asked 15 minutes ago to make sure you kind of covered that or you wrap it up properly. Otherwise, yeah, it's, it's just kind of going all over the place and, and the listeners have a hard time. It's still a very enjoyable conversation, but it's harder for the listeners to follow along. Yeah. So that's, that's one part where I was trying to get, get better at it. And, uh, yeah, with, you know, keeping a bit of rigidity to, to the interview and make sure you are covering everything you want to cover. Right. What has the process been for you? Because for me personally, I carry, I guess, this personality out into the world with me, um, perhaps to a fault, where I am really good at asking questions now. And so with friends or people outside of a podcast recording, I'm asking like a lot of in-depth questions or I'm trying to follow up and be like, okay, well, how did that impact you? Where did you take this? And they're like, this isn't a podcast. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I was just telling you about like my life circumstance. And so what has the interview skills kind of impacted you outside? side of just the podcast recordings um well it's it's just made me talk more like and more openly but also i mean ask my wife or any of my friends i had this conversation with dylan my drummer dylan waitman um and you know just talking about you know what's different about me these days which it almost felt a bit self-serving to ask but i really wanted to know yeah. and you know he was like well you're just more interested in stuff you talk more you ask more questions and and that's something i was lacking and i, I don't know where it came from like i'm a pretty outgoing person i guess in public you know at my job you know being an entertainer musician this kind of thing but then i think when it's my downtime i i 
would revert to just being okay i can chill out i don't i don't have to be on i don't have to be the guy that everyone's talking to now or that you know creates all these conversations but then i was missing that part of my life because sometimes conversations at work aren't as genuine as you say just like when you say you go to school and sometimes it's surface level stuff right um so i was missing the deeper connections so through podcasting it was forcing me to have deeper conversations and actually sit down like this for a couple hours and talk to someone face to face and yeah. um so that's brought that's been brought forward into my real life irl in real life yeah <laughs> that's what the kids say um and and so that's been a, a a great um accomplishment for me is just being able to talk more to people um you know in a in a real way not just on that surface level and especially the people i care about you know like my wife yeah. <laughs> like my best friends you know even you know getting on the phone and having actual conversations with them so i think that's the biggest thing that i've taken from it yeah i think that that's so interesting to see I guess for me, other people who have not been in the space of like interviewing people, so they don't know how to ask follow-up questions or the conversation kind of fizzles. And then you're like, oh yeah, like this, like I'll pick this up because I know what to do. But other people don't have those, I guess, conversational skills of how to have a long form conversation. They're used to 10, 15 minute conversations. So once you hit that point, some people fall off and they don't know where to go. So I hope that more people perhaps utilize these platforms just to start to develop themselves because I think I've gained a lot from it personally, just being able to prepare, think about someone's contributions like yourselves to the community um, and like learn about them prior so that I know how to approach the conversation. So I have like a rubric in my mind of like, okay, these are the, the parts that I'd like to tackle in this conversation, but we'll go wherever it goes. Yeah. One of the other things, I don't, I don't know if it's tied into my podcasting or not, but just in terms of conversations that I'm trying to be a bit more comfortable with is a bit more silence. I know that's, that's bad for podcasts or whatever, but I, I can, I, I usually do a bit of editing anyways, if there is a bunch of dead silence, you know, or someone's stumbling over a question or, um, but you know, in my conversations every day now, I try and be a bit more accepting of some silence, you know, in the dead air. And because it's not that it has to flow one after the other, because that's when you get into that disingenuine, you're not really thinking about what you're saying. Sometimes you're just asking your next question because you think you have to ask something or say something, but, you know, taking that time, taking that, maybe it's five seconds of silence and sure, it might feel a little awkward, but the more it happens, the more you can you know, make it a regular thing and not think about it. But it's, it doesn't have to be a big deal if you're talking to someone and then you sit there for 10 or 20 seconds in silence before talking again. Yeah, I actually, I don't know if you've heard of Lex Friedman, um, but he just interviewed Elon Musk, I think for the fourth time. Um, very interesting conversation. But one of Lex's comments afterwards was Elon stops and thinks for like 20 seconds. And he's like, I'm going to leave that in. And he explains why he's like, you have to admire that he's thinking these questions through. He doesn't have, if I'm asking him a complex question, he can't know the answer off the top of his head. He has to process the information, think it through. And he was like, I'm not going to edit that out because 
admire the fact that this person is taking the time to think this through, admire the fact that there are things running through his mind that he's trying to sort out and have humility for the fact that he's doing that live. He's not, we're not going to cut that out because you need to understand people have to think people have to have, like, we don't all have the answers within two seconds of asking the question. Sometimes if it's a good question, it's going to give you pause. And I think that that's something um, podcasters or interviewers need to start to adopt is just an understanding that you don't want a guest who's able to answer the question every every second after you speak that they have the answer because it's probably not the right answer or they haven't given enough time to kind of think it through. And if you're a person who's going to turn that off as a consequence and say, I don't have time for them to think, it's like, well, you probably shouldn't even tune in then because you're not ready for the intellectual journey that these two are going on. And I would say theirs are a bit more intellectual in terms of like what they were, they were discussing, like mechanics and engineering and yeah. topics that go over my head. But having that humility of like, this is a conversation and we're going to process it at our own speeds and you have to be adaptable because there's certain guests um, I've noticed that talk a lot slower um, and and speak more eloquently and they're processing the information as they're speaking. And it's like, I could trim every part of that, but that's not who they are. And I'm trying to give you an accurate representation. And with video, I I obviously can't really edit it out. So we'll just leave it as is. And I hope that as us as interviewers develop, people listening start to develop themselves and understand like, okay, if somebody's going to be thinking or pausing, that you take advantage of that, appreciate that they're processing this with you and that you're on this conversation with them and you're learning with them yeah otherwise and that's something i started being a bit more uh uh forgiving with because otherwise if you take out all that space then it does it just doesn't sound real yeah. <laughs> and you know you're like you're thinking oh that's not how people talk you know they don't start sentences this close together or whatever um so then it was you know i was having to say okay no gotta leave a bit of space in there you know <laughs> and you can't take everything out even if you want it to flow nicely right but yeah. yeah it's it's it is it's just should be an actual conversation you know um yeah as long as someone doesn't get up and leave for five minutes then yeah, you should be good to let most things go yeah. absolutely uh can you tell us about some of the guests you've had on that stood out to you i saw that you had uh i think it's joel Swatsky um, on a 12 year old who knows a lot about history, um, knows a lot about the Soviet Union and what was going on in our past. Can you tell us about some of the guests you've had on and what you got out of them? Yeah, well, he was incredible, you know, just the wealth of knowledge that he has. And and he's actually taken an interest in podcasting now, too. And I know uh, his parents got him a microphone for for Christmas. So hopefully he's going to start up something because that was incredible, you know, just to see a, a young man with, who cares so much about something. You know, that was the main thing that I took from it. I was like, you know, I, I hope more and more people care this much about something, you know, yeah. that they can get so interested in it and, you know, learn everything there is to know about it. And so that was a really cool one. I think the one that always pops up to me is I interviewed my sister, Michelle, who's a recovering drug addict. Right. And, uh, you know, her story is just incredible. You know, she was down there with the worst of them and she got back up, dusted herself off and put a lot of work into it. And now she's, you know, helping other addicts recover. And um, so I really commend her for that. And it was just, it was good, again, to sit down with her, my sister, you know, and actually hear this story front to back, like, hey, what happened to you? You know, tell the people. And and that's one that I hope, you know, people continue listening to that, that maybe have a friend going through something similar or they themselves struggle with it. And, you know, cause she's 
an incredible woman and you know i know she has and can help a lot of people in similar situations so that's one that always stood out to me and um yeah there's been another one that stands out actually you'll appreciate this was with uh um my my drummer's sister actually she's a, a yoga teacher and just a very interesting spiritual person and um i was talking with her and then she left and uh yada 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 the whole episode got deleted <laughs> and so she came back the next day and we redid the entire conversation um so uh that one stood out to me for sure as well <laughs> That actually happened to me with uh, Alex Hart, who's a photographer here. He worked on um, grad photos by donation during the um, the pandemic because what he noticed was that so many individuals who were graduating from university were not able to celebrate in any way, shape, or form right, right. after. And he was like, "How can I go about like contributing to uh, like sharing their story?" And so he did it by donation, so individuals didn't have to um, pay exorbitant amounts. I know for my grad photos, I think they were like four hundred dollars for photos. I'm not even and like I don't even think are cream of the crop photos. Um, so he did it by donation, but then he'd spend like an hour with them. And some of that would just be hearing their story. How did you get here? What was your university experience like? And one of them was um, this boy from, I think it was India, came here and he was away from his family and he couldn't go home due to the pandemic. And so he had to do his graduation by himself. And so I think if I remember the story correctly, um, Alex had his family zoom in um, like on Zoom for his grad photos so they could take photos and he could hold his family while oh, he was yeah. taking his photos. And cool. like those moments are so special to be able to share those types of unique stories. But we recorded, it was my first time recording outdoors and uh, I didn't put the pad on my my road go-tos. And so a whole bunch of wind where you couldn't hear anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I contacted people. I was like, is there any way we can salvage the audio? And they were like, uh, like we'd have to pay like $500. And then it, it's only a maybe that we could actually fix it. And it was like, yeah. we're going to have to re-record this. And I felt terrible for a few months. And then we were able to re-record it, um, put it back together and like have a good recording. But those moments are so tough because I've had a few scares of losing the audio or having it not turn out well. And then getting scared that like, oh, I just wasted three hours of this person. And then what am I going to, invite them back on to do three more hours i was i was really lucky that as i said christy is a yogi and uh you know we were talking about very much so about letting things go just breathing you know being in the moment and so when i saw that happened i was like okay i guess we'll have to redo it you yeah. know i i didn't i didn't really freak out you know like like probably would have five years ago if something like that happened but yeah. you know it was more like okay nothing i can do about that i know it's i tried a couple things and i was like okay i know it's completely gone uh time to move on yeah. <laughs> let's see if she wants to do it again can and you tell can you tell us about your space uh how you set it up um and things that you put into the podcast that i don't think get seen like how do you go about preparing for a podcast um in terms of preparation um i'd say you've got me beat on that one aaron uh as well as your studio space this is pretty awesome <laughs> um you know preparation i do of course you know i i've got my page of notes that i keep with me um there's some of the more fun uh parts of it is you know i i created a few like uh, musical drops where i had a different segment and and i would push the push the button and it would play this drop that i had recorded you know right. one of them was for family time this little jingle that i was playing and then the kids were even singing on it um and then another one about 
I would always ask people, we would just do this fun ranking thing, like rank your, your three favorite chocolate bars or whatever. And, and I had like a drop that I would push a little theme song for, for that as well. Yeah. Uh, so those were kind of some of the fun or more fun things that I, that I worked on afterwards, you know, just afterthoughts, like we were talking about, you know, I had this idea. I'm like, Oh yeah, I should do a little, should write a little song for that. You know, it's just four or five seconds long, but then that's in there. And, um, in terms of my space, you know, I had, I had some of the equipment I needed, uh, for recording. And then, um, I actually hung up a bunch of, uh, moving blankets cause we had just moved, uh, to Chilliwack when I was kind of resetting up my space. And so I had it covered in moving blankets cause it was in an unfinished basement. So it was really echoey, but moving blankets everywhere. And it's a little maze, even to get in, you got to walk this way, then that way. And then you're in the couple nice comfy red chairs and, yeah. and otherwise, you know, yeah, just like this face to face, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it works well. I'd like to finish it eventually, you know, once, um, get a bit more time to put into the actual studio, uh, you know, get something a bit more, you know, kind of like this or yeah. whatever. It's a good, it's a good place you have here. I like it and you've done well. I'm very glad to hear that. And that's yeah. a huge compliment coming from someone like yourself, because that was the part I was, I felt was the most important even before starting was like, I need the video. And just the reason being, as we mentioned before, I think it's important that people are able to judge for themselves, how authentic we're being to be able to see the emotions. And like for certain parts with certain guests, they get really emotional or they share certain vulnerabilities that I just don't think comes through unless you have that video element. And so setting it up, it was like, well, if I'm going to ask people to watch the video, it better look nice. And so uh, it was an investment to try and set the space up properly. But then hopefully I can use it for other things. Like I've had uh, Kim Gemmel come in and record her book uh, for audio. So she's got an audio book oh, yeah, online. Cool. Um, and so I've tried to take advantage of the space in different ways. Yeah, yeah. And I hope to continue to do that because I think that's an unmet market market where an organization or a company will charge you like hundreds of thousands of dollars to record that. And then they'll want to use their own staff member or they'll want to use someone else. But to me, like with Kim Gemmel, it's like her story is that like her journey of facing adversity and almost losing her child and what she went through. And so trying to share that and having somebody else say the words, it's not going to resonate. Nobody's going to want to listen to that. And so right. being able to offer a service like that um, and just let people come in, use the space, it's it's not use, being used if I'm not using it. So uh, utilize the space, utilize the microphones um, and get audiobooks out there from the Fraser Valley. Hopefully that increases people's awareness of local creators in that way. 